0: the Patreon members we have so far. Thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to me and everyone else here at the podcast. We are halfway to our goal. We have 10 people as of today. I'm so excited. We want 20, 20 more. haha <laughs> We want 10 more to get to 20, although I wouldn't turn down 20. Just go to Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash blog. And everything's there for you to join. Uh, I hope to get some feedback from you guys that are in the Patreon. And we are going to do some sort of, you know, if you're over the like $5 mark, some merchandise, stickers, stuff like that. Something fun you can get every couple of months. I'm going to leave it up to you guys of what you want. And I'll be posting in the Patreon. And if you're already in there, just say hello in the Patreon and uh, talk to other members and send me messages as well, because you have direct access to me in the Patreon. So again, go join. We are halfway there. at patreon.com slash UNB blog. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Brief Talk podcast. We have someone back on the show who has something to talk about masculinity. And we've had a Good discussion last time he was on the show. It is, Scott. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. It's good to have you back on the show. Uh, We had a really good discussion last time, which was last year at this point. I was trying to remember when it it was. I meant to look it up before we got on, but I forgot. Yeah, a couple months
1: ago, talked (laughs) about who I was and I guess my journey with thongs and swimsuits and all the fun underwear you're one of the first people i discovered through the magic of the internet so i'm glad that we're still in touch and i'm very thankful to be here to talk about some more stuff
0: definitely it's always good to have you on because you're a good guest to bring your opinion and talk and enjoy since podcast is an audio format it's always important to talk so over (laughs) the last Month, Two months or so, I came up with a big plan for the podcast for the year and beyond. And one of the big pillars of the podcast is masculinity. And, well, one person to bring on is Scott, who has a big interest in the subject outside of underwear and with underwear. Because he is a straight male who wears thongs and spandex and doesn't really care because... He's not defined by what he wears, or is too more defined on who he is than a thong or anything else he wears. We had some discussions, and now we're on to talk it. Masculinity, was, we all know, is a big part of underwear, because some guys want to be masculine, some guys want to be feminine, some guys don't really care, we'll go either way. So we just thought we'd just dive into some some fun things in underwear and masculinity in general, and... Go from there. That's our discussion for today.
1: All right. I'm super excited. This is a big passion of mine. I've probably read more books on this than anything else, like just voluntarily. I never took really gender studies or anything like that in school. As I decided to take risks in my life on trying to learn who I really was and what really makes me happy, whether underwear is a part of it, but dancing and I don't know, I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of things in my life that make me happy, but some of those things, as I'm speaking to any men listening onto the podcast, that some of those things you're kind of encouraged as a, a little boy, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't wear those purple shoes to uh mm-hmm. fifth grade. You know, your parents might nudge you one direction as a small kid. And that's kind of where maybe we could start this discussion. Because that's what I'm talking about. It's that, you know. When you're a child, you're innocent, and you don't understand these concepts of like what it is to be a man, but unfortunately, you know our society, our parents, our culture, they uh, kind of quickly nudge you, even mm-hmm. as young as three or four years old in preschool, on what it means to be a boy, and then a, a young man and then a man. It's something that men don't talk about. We repress a lot of emotion a lot of personal development just to be accepted as a man over our own happiness. And that's something I did. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that a lot of men do. And I'm still in the process of unlearning some of that behavior and some of that shame, frankly, that lives in all of us as men.
0: Yeah. I think we're all taught to act one way. And like we said beforehand, when you brought it up, that masculinity was, you know, set in stone when it really hasn't been. When you look over the thousands of years, humans have been around, that it changes, fashion changes, everything changes. So what's considered, you know, masculine this month or this year in 200 years is not going to be considered masculine. It's going to be moved on to something totally different. And if you jump back 200 years, it was something totally different as well.
1: Yeah. And it's not just time, too. It's location. It's culture. It's, you know, people in Papua New Guinea have a completely different understanding of what it means to be a man versus France or the United States or Mm -hmm. Argentina. Argentina, men danced with each other to learn the tango that's how they got so that's how the tango came about in argentina because there was an industrial revolution in buenos aires and there were all these men and definitely not nearly as many women as a way to meet the perfect woman dancing was a way to do that and how are you going to learn how are you going to practice to dance to meet a woman let alone or excuse me how are you going to practice with a woman to dance. They meet a woman when women are already in such short order. And so men would dance with each other to learn the tango. And that was considered an ultra masculine practice and still is in areas of the world. Whereas here in the United States, men dancing, man, I love dance. I taught ballroom and I did a lot of country two-step. And that was something that I came into late in my life because as a kid, you know hey i you're you're kind of told hey you should probably play sports you probably should dance mm-hmm. you know that's so sad because there's so much untapped talent in men i think in this country in the united states because of stuff like that because they're they're cornered into these approved activities or these approved manly behaviors where not perfect but the other coin for women for girls they can They can go into dance. They can also go do taekwondo. Mm -hmm. They can get really good at math. They can choose art. They can be Girl Scouts, or they can be weightlifters. It's a much broader... I, I guess where I could segue to with this, one of my favorite books that I read about this topic is called For the Love of Men by Liz Plank. She was a gender studies person. She's a journalist, and she's very very good at communicating these topics and a a great example that she said was like, she would talk to a group of parents and say, how many of you tell your daughters they can be anything when they grow up? And you know, all of them say, yes, they raise their hand. You know, they can be an astronaut. They can be a stay at home mom. We support our daughters. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, when it comes to your sons, do you support your sons being a stay at home dad? And there's definitely kind of a pause The hypocrisy is palatable. Mm -hmm. But that pause to think about it, do I really want my son to be a stay-at-home dad? Is that okay? Will he be made fun of? He going to be okay with that? Not making money or being a provider? Like Those questions is what I'm talking about. And what we're talking about, Tim. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Why do we put this pressure on little boys all the way till the day we die to be manly?
0: Well, I... It's always been that way, but luckily it is changing, but we still have those pockets of resistance out there going on right now as we've seen the whole alpha male movement, which don't even get me started. Andrew Tate. Yeah. Don't even mention his name. Uh, (laughs) He uh, who shall not be named. But it's like, seriously. Uh, Jordan Peterson. It's like.
1: These uh, alt-right people, yeah.
0: Be who you want to be. You know, if you want to be a stay-at-home dad, be a stay-at-home dad. There's nothing wrong with that. There are certain people who have be- who are better equipped to do it. There are certain women who don't are not the traditional mothers either, who don't want to be stay-at-home, who don't who want to go out, who want to earn, who aren't the maternal mothers. I mean, people listening probably have had mothers like that, and the father sure. is more, you know, nurturing and caring. It doesn't have to be, you know, you have to be exactly these six things to be masculine. No, it doesn't go that way anymore. It's now you get to pretty much carve out what you want to be in life. And it's still not easy. I'm not saying, as a lot of our listeners know, especially with underwear, it's not easy out there. Especially if you're on the straight side or the bi side, where it's given... Because it's kind of giving gays... Oh, you're gay because you like underwear. Oh, you're gay. (laughs) And it's kind of... I've heard many of the stories over the years about why guys like things. And, you know, you can't make something, an article clothing, gay clothing, or straight clothing, or whatever. You just can't do it. And everybody who likes underwear likes it for the same reason. It's comfortable. It makes me feel good. Makes me feel sexy. It boosts my confidence, and these are the things we want in real life. No matter who we are, we want to feel good. We want to feel confident in ourselves, and people shouldn't put other people down just because it doesn't fit your mold of what a man should be or a woman should be. So yeah, we're growing slowly. Let me re- let me put that word in there slowly because things are I've noticed things are changing but with any change you get pushed back as we're seeing out there in the world
1: yeah and um, I wel- personally I welcome that pushback Tim because you know even though I like to think that I'm right I- I'm always open to criticism I think more people should be that way because we don't know everything we're, mm-hmm. we are not we are not god I can't I only know what I know as Scott in my life and I've done a lot of things. I've taken some risks. I've been bold. I've done those things for myself and that's great, but I am not going to be able to explain someone else's life to them. And I think, unfortunately there's a theme of that lately of people trying to invalidate other people's experiences Mm -hmm. based on their own. Oh, and yes. that comes from both sides. Whether you're very liberal or very conservative, we try to, you know, disenfranchise someone else's life and what their experiences are. I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, and I'm not going to let shame dictate who I am. And uh, shame is a very powerful tool in society, and it's a very powerful yes, tool. It is. And masculinity. And I I welcome someone trying to shame me now, because I know exactly how it works. I, I, I'm comfortable living in that moment, because I know deep down that the programming that these people who live these narratives about what being a man and what isn't being a man is so unquestioned in their life, that they think that, hey, you're just a faggot. If they say that to mm-hmm. me, they think that that's like, ingrained in myself that that's gonna hurt and for someone like me I, I really don't care i i think it's a compliment if someone thinks i'm gay now you know i think more men should kind of embrace that and be like oh you thought i was gay you know rather than be offended because i used to be offended when i was younger mm-hmm. i'm not gay what do you mean by that no i'm not gay like i i felt emasculated right By just someone saying, oh, you must be gay, or, oh, I'm surprised you're straight. Like, that very much upset me in the past, because my manhood was being questioned. In in my head, that's what I was taught. Being gay is less manly than being straight. So I've I've undone that uh, visceral reaction that I used to have.
0: You've reached the I call it the George Clooney stage because I used to tell George Clooney he's gay. That they're like, "Oh, you're gay," and he's like, "So what? So what if I'm gay?" Right. I'm not responding. If you think I'm gay, all right.
1: Great. If that makes more sense in your head, sure. I'm gay. Let's 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 live on our lives now.
0: It's like, I don't think George Clooney's gay, but he's not threatened by someone saying, oh, well, you're, you're gay. And it's like, no. And you have to, and like going back to what you said about shaming is you have to give people that power over you to shame Mm -hmm. you. And there are certain times in my life because I have anxiety and all sorts of other fun things out there that many people suffer with. But there are times where it's just like, you know, I really don't care what you say. You can say anything you want to Jimmy and who cares? You have no control over me.
1: I'd like to make a quote. I got my book in my hand because I knew Mm -hmm. this would come up. So this is, this is an excerpt from for the love of men by Liz Plank. She's uh, quoting an Oprah show. I'm not like a huge fan of Oprah, but this is a really good, uh, really good um, segment from, she was interviewing uh, Brené Brown, who's kind of a expert on these gender study stuff. And she's talking about shame specifically. This is Brown distills shame down to a fear of one thing, disconnection. As humans, she argues, we are all hardwired for emotional, physical and emotional connection. But shame convinces us that we need to hide certain parts of ourselves to preserve connection and avoid rejection. So key phrase, preserve connection, avoid rejection as a man, to be included, because it's so painful to be rejected in any way, especially as a man. She continues on, as humans, sorry, I just read that, avoid rejection, but just like fire needs oxygen, shame needs silence to grow. The less Mm -hmm. shame is talked about, the stronger it becomes. The less you talk about it, the more you got of it, she told Oprah on uh, that episode. Shame needs three things to grow exponentially in our lives. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. And that was just super powerful for me when I read that paragraph. I was like, holy shit. Like, my, I just went like, you know, life flashed before my eyes of all the things that I w- felt ashamed of being young Scott growing up. And uh, I think we all can think back to moments in our lives where we may have been made fun of or bullied or wanted to do something, but didn't do it. And for a lot of men, this is a daily experience. Mm-hmm. I want to do something, but is this man enough. I want to do something, but will someone call me gay? I want to do something or will, will I be accepted? That goes depending. Yeah.
0: Just back to underwear in general, because we're also yeah. like where when we first get it, get our first pairs of underwear, we hide it. It's shameful. Yeah. We shouldn't be yes. doing this. And then now we look around and we've discovered this corner of the internet that has all these guys on it who are not shameful about what they like, who are across the spectrum, gay, bi, and straight, who love what they love, who aren't really hiding it anymore. So there's no more of that going around. We still have a lot more to go. But, you know, it's it's the first time I remember... It's not just gays doing this now. It's everyone doing this now. It's everyone coming out and saying there's nothing wrong with a man in a thong. There's nothing wrong with a man in insert whatever style, fabric, whatever. And now we're being able to group together and not have the silence anymore and grow it even more and more. Which, yes, 15 years ago, I never would have imagined such a thing happening But now it's a lot of fun. It's a great time to be in the underwear community. There's so many amazing guys out there who do feel alone right now, who do have nowhere to go to, who still hold the shame inside of underwear and, oh, it may make me gay. And some may question their sexuality, which is normal, and discovering new things. uh, Everyone questions You just got to figure out where you are and what you like. And there's nothing wrong with what you discover. So if you discover, Oh, I'm still straight. I like this or I'm bi," or whatever. It doesn't matter because the guys out there in underwear right now embrace everyone. And that's the good thing about this community that I love. And I've made such good friends over the years like you and like a lot of other people. Who want to change things and we're taking on everyone to change it and not make it so, you know, hidden. We only get it through mail order or, you know, internet Mm -hmm. and we only get it. We hide it. We don't really wear it to work or wear it to the gym. But, you know, you got guys wearing thongs to the gym, jocks. I do <laughs> now. And no yeah. one cares. No, it's like, I, I mean,
1: I'm sure they care. I get some glares from people, but I kind of welcome it to be honest. <laughs> That's just who I am. I'm kind of wacky. I, I love to be confrontational with people who I have a chance to influence. I, I don't necessarily want to ruin their day or make them uncomfortable, but I kind of just like pointing out how silly it is. It's like exactly. when someone's like, Hey, you should, you should wear shorts over that. And I'm like, Oh, you must hate watching the NFL too, don't you? <laughs> you know, or oh. you must, re- I do not recommend watching Spider-Man 3. No. You know, I'll just like make, I'll just make a quick joke. Like I don't have a football helmet on, so this is uncomfortable for you. But literally behind me on the television, there's an NFL football game where there's 11 dudes running at each other in tights and you got zero problem with that. And in slow motion, you know? True. It's, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense that men in tights or leggings is obscene because it's clearly not on NFL Sunday ticket, one of the most watched weekend programming events in America by quote unquote, the manliest men in America. So, and that's another interesting topic that I learned is that masculinity is a verb. Mm-hmm. Men can wear tights as long as they're doing something manly, like playing football, or what else? I, I don't know.
2: Track Other and field, like wrestling, or track or and field, wrestling. or
1: some active sport because sports are manly, and of course, they'd only wear tights because he's uh, doing something manly. And, and you know, a lot of people.
0: Well, It's for well, performance it's, reasons too. That don't forget, right? About
1: it's right. performance. It's performance. You know, it holds me back from my. From my pro- athletic prowess, these tights are very important. It's not acceptable just to say, you know what, I just think tights are comfortable, I'm just going to wear them to the grocery store. That's not an acceptable answer, yeah. but it is for women. But for men, it's not. You know, it has to be associated with some manly activity, and that's the narrative we tell ourselves as society, that men are allowed to break these general rules as long as they're doing manly things. And Mm -hmm. as long as you have the manly exemption, you get to wear tights. But just going to the grocery store, wow, that guy's a fucking wacko. That guy's a wacko.
0: You can use (laughs) language. It doesn't matter.
1: All right. Great. So yeah, masculinity is a verb. And I never really thought of it that way. But it's so true. Where womanhood, womanhood, I think, is almost biological. Like you're a young girl. You go through puberty. You become a woman. Maybe back in the '50s when we we talked, in womanhood is like, oh, a woman makes sure she has a clean home and food on the table for her husband when he comes home. Like we've gotten, thankfully, pretty far from that Mm -hmm. idea of what being a woman is. Like nothing wrong with that version, but there's other versions out there. You know, it does. You know, you the choice is yours. And yeah, the feminist movements have since the 1950s of being a real woman and taking care of your husband and your house. Like that was the only box women were put in. Mm -hmm. They've kind of dismantled that box. You can live in that box as a woman. It's because it's no longer a box. There's no walls. If that's what you want to do, you're welcome to do that. But you can, like we talked about earlier, go be an astronaut, go, go fight MMA, go be a welder. You know, mm-hmm. go be a nurse, be a doctor, whatever. Like most people not always, but most people see that as generally acceptable for a woman to do. Whereas men, we're we're still very much in this kind of box of what's approved and what's not approved, and we put up these walls around each other and say this is you have to stay in this box because if you get out of there, you're a faggot, or you're gay, you're bisexual, you're you're not
0: you're not a, a real man.
1: You're everything but a real man. And we tell that to ourselves and others every day and it's we need to kind of stop doing that because it's just it's making us you know, to be honest, fucking boring. Yes. I don't know how many women listen to this con- listen to this podcast, but how many dates have you gone on with a typical white straight guy and you talk about the same things. I like to fish. I go hunting. I like weights. I like sports and and that's it and beer. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I like to do. My name's Billy, you know, wonder bread Willie. It's just like, it's, it's being a man is so fucking boring sometimes in, in these terms. And we have so much more to offer as men. And I think these like outdated versions of masculinity just stifle any creative development, It stifles people
2: Mm -hmm. from
1: becoming the best version of themselves. It encourages repression and shame. It encourages misogyny. It encourages power and control over others because they don't get to be themselves. Well, then they're going to make sure no one else gets to be themselves. Yes. It it encourages this cycle of abuse with their own sons and their own kids and their own wives. It encourages this ego that has to be maintained as the perfect man. When deep down, they're still a boy, but they can't show that mm-hmm. it, it's just for all. This is how I see when someone says, what's wrong with masculinity? There's no problem with it. Those are the things I would tell those people is that this is, this is what it's doing. It's, it's marginalizing men as a whole into these small boxes that some just don't fit in. True. And they end up killing themselves or others because of it. And that's right. an extreme example. But if they're not killing others or themselves, they're slowly dying till the day they die. And that's the sad part is that men silently are suffering and dealing with this and they don't know how to talk about it how to frame it, because from the moment they were small through the moment in school, college, adulthood, as a parent, they don't know how to deal with this.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: have repressed it their whole lives. Some of them figure it out and they grow up and they get out of it and they stop being so hard on themselves. And others only double down on it because as you get older, guess what? You're less of a man because you're, you're getting weaker. Your athletic prowess isn't there as you get older. Or your hair starts to turn gray, which is like okay, George Clooney, whatever, but you start to lose your hair. Oh no, like you're a balding man. You're you're not as much of a man as Pierce Bronson or something. You know, it's like think about it. How silly it is to try to be the most manly man you can be every day. Like that there's someone who's always gonna have more than you. There's someone who's gonna have more hair more money, more women, bigger house,
0: more muscles, more,
1: more muscles, more whatever, you know, there's, it's just stupid to try and have it all to feel, feel okay with yourself. You know, it's not a winning proposition as a man. It's not a winning proposition to dominate women and make them fear you. You know, that's not, that's not happiness in my book, being worshiped because someone has to. Are you kidding me? Like people like Andrew Tate, like how is, is that, is that guy really happy? I I doubt it. You know, he's in jail, but let's say he wasn't in jail. Is he like genuinely happy? His content, his stuff, that idea is all coming from sadness, honestly. And for how someone like that deals with this sadness, he controls others. And that's what men do. Men are men are sad. How do they deal with it? Well, I'm going to control someone. I'm going to give me self-worth by controlling someone else's fucking life.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: makes me feel powerful and worthy because I am not worthy enough for myself because I don't have muscle or I don't have hair or I don't have money or I don't have a great job. I don't have a good relationship with my father. I don't have... Any athletic ability. I was cheated on by my first girlfriend. My wife left me. My kids hate me. We all like have life that happens to us. But men uniquely take it personal, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious because life happens to us all. But guess what? Men don't talk about it. So men think that, oh, if this bad thing's happening to me, it must be because I'm not man enough. And we instantly go into this shame exercise that we've been encouraged our whole lives when really we should just talk about it and be like, hey, you know what? My wife left me. Really? That's really sad. You know, let's talk about it. Oh, I can't talk about it. I can't Mm, show emotion. We're not allowed to do that. So let's get angry. Yeah, we're allowed to be angry though, right? Yeah, let's get angry and violent. Yeah, let's, I know I'm rambling. The last point to this, reclaiming your masculinity. This is the, the battle drill that men go through. You see it at a bar, right? Guys at the bar, you know, it could be something as simple as some guy accidentally bumps into you, right, as they're walking by. Maybe that guy doesn't say anything. And the other guy's like, hey, man, you know, fuck you, you bumped into me. And he just says, so? And then this becomes this, like, escalating, you know, thing. Well, are you going to say sorry? No, fuck you. Fuck me, fuck you. And it just escalates, right? That this, like, This escalation of reclaiming masculinity. One guy got bumped into, so he has to escalate himself and his behavior to reclaim the fact that he got bumped. You know, something as small as just literally being bumped in a crowd, it just happens. But for some men who are so fragile, anything is construed potentially as a challenge to their own self-worth which is masculinity for a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And to reclaim it, men are taught violence. Men are taught aggression. If you want to be respected as a man, you need to be violent. Dominate someone. Stand your ground. And I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself. That's what a lot of conservative people will think I'm saying. Well, you can't just go sit in a corner and cry, Scott. That's not being manly. Well, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you don't have to go shoot up a school because people make fun of you. You know, you don't have to get in a fistfight at a bar because some guy bumped into you. You know, like, yeah, there's a time and place for violence. And this is the thing that a lot of people who don't agree with me don't seem to understand. It's like, look, I am not saying to never be violent. I am not saying to never be angry. I'm not saying to never stand up for yourself what I'm saying is is there's a lot of other things that happen before you get to that point where you need to be an aggressor or aggressive or violent. True. There's a lot of tools in our toolbox as humans to avoid this or to be better about this or not resort to this. But unfortunately, as men, we're told you're not allowed to be empathetic. You can't be sympathetic, compassionate. You can't have conversations. You can't be emotional. You can't do these things because that's the women's job, not your job. Your job's supposed to thump your chest and throw punches if you have to.
0: And now we get to the part of hopefully changing it. So that's right. One thing I think super important is something you've already mentioned is just challenging this, even in small steps, like mm-hmm. take it back to underwear, wearing a thong to the gym. Just wear it, Mm -hmm. and like you say, what? You don't like men in tights either? Well, here's this. So I think everyone has to sort of challenge what it is out there that you're not supposed to do, or you're not supposed to be, that doesn't really matter anymore. Because, you know, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, okay, I I don't like this, but I'm just going to sit here. No, just speak up and be like, no, I'm not doing that. Or just do it and say, fuck it. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's easier said than done to be fair. Exactly. Takes a lot of practice. I think, you know, if you're, I think, you know, if we're going to do small steps, the first step should be, what do you want to do that you've never done before? Just ask that question to yourself. Mm -hmm. What's something that you like as a kid, you like now, that maybe you were too embarrassed to tell someone else or even pursue yourself. Whether maybe it's painting, maybe you want to paint your nails, maybe you want to get a pedicure, maybe you want to do something that that little voice in the back of your head that said, Hey, you shouldn't do this because you're going to be shamed for it or made fun of, or quote unquote, your man card will be questioned.
0: Well, you know, a prime example of that now is men wearing fingernail polish. Yeah. And everyone goes, well, it's the gay guys. I'm like, no, it's not. It's everyone. It's all of them. Gay, straight, it doesn't matter. The younger generation, they're just wearing it and don't really give a damn. Right. So it's like, oh, men can't wear nail polish. And I'm like, they're like, "Uh, I guess they're proving you're wrong. Nobody speaks
1: for all men, frankly. Nobody.
0: I mean, you You say, think of things to do. I know, I mean, over the years of the blogs, I've heard so many guys who, regardless of their sexual orientation, is like, I want to wear Speedo on the beach. That is one of their goals they want to do Mm -hmm. that they've never done. Mm -hmm. And it's a simple goal. It's easy. yeah. But it's the fear and the shame of being, A, the only one in it on a beach, or getting called names by other people around. And I think we've proven many times on this podcast that people really won't say much to you if you go out. Yes. There will be people who will, but for the majority yep. of people, some people may not like it, but they're not going to say anything. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to do anything. So you can go out and wear it and be happy and live your best life or go to a friendly beach with other people who may be wearing what you want to wear. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then just go have fun because so many times I've heard from married men that their wife doesn't like their thongs because it's too girly or it's too Mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm supposed to only wear boxers and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, how can you be with someone who defines you on something like that? If they're going to yeah. sit there and say, oh, it's girly for you to wear a thong or it's gay, what are they... gonna? Who's it do really talks? about?
1: I'm like, is it about them? <laughs> you know, like, who is this really about then? If you're telling someone they can't wear underwear that's literally hidden from the world, it is just for you. You know, it's for no one else, really. Underwear is very personal. And to say you can't wear something is... Is, is this pre- I agree with you. That's pretty uh, audacious to control someone in such a private way.
0: One of the worst I ever heard had the wife that made fun of him for wearing it. Oh. And I'm just like, nope. I was like, I don't even yeah. deal with that. I don't know. Here's part of me. This is part of me. If you don't like this, then you got to go. I'm not in the mood for it. Yeah. Because I'm sure I'm, you've had that yeah. with women before, too, that have been like, you yeah. what?
1: I would totally love to share with you some stories about that. So um, I'm a straight guy. I've been wearing thongs regularly since 2016. So when I, when I mean regularly, like, that's all I wear. I don't wear boxer briefs anymore. I don't wear boxers. I pretty much wear thongs all the time. That's just my underwear choice for that makes me happy, that's what I do. And I really embraced it five, six years ago, I can't do math, Nine, oh geez, <laughs> 2016, four, seven years ago. Wow. Seven, yeah. So I was single and dating through that whole time. And let me think, I think there were only two people who didn't like it, but it wasn't like, you know, we were dating, it wasn't like we were in a serious relationship. But they, they kept seeing me, so it wasn't like, you know, it was a deal breaker. Like, oh, gross, you're in a thong. Let's stop seeing each other. Like, no, I never had that reaction. Let me, let's me Because we got to quantify the reaction, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a deal breaker, no, get away from me, you weirdo. You're wearing a thong. That's never happened to me. But the two who didn't like it, um, one of them was very Christian that I found out. And she was a sweetheart, really nice really good person for more reasons than just underwear. We weren't a good fit and that was okay. And she was always polite about it. The other one was just kind of, the more I got to know her, the more boring she was, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So we didn't really, you know, have a great, and she was actually very rude. She was, uh, she left me on, uh, it was actually pretty bad. I was traveling for work, And I was texting her, just like, hey, I'm coming back on Tuesday or something or whatever. Like, when do you want to hang out? And I was kind of being left on red, getting like the ghosting kind of vibes Mm -hmm. from from my texts. I'm like, okay, like I can read between the lines, like something's up. But I was excited about her at at the time. I was like, okay, well, let me give her some space. I'm not going to be super clingy about it. But, you know, days go by maybe a week. And I haven't, like, she hasn't responded to my text. I kind of just send a text and say, hey, haven't heard from you in a bit. Is everything all right? Like, just would like to talk. And then she responds to that. She's like, oh, yeah, everything's great. And I'm just like, hey, do you have a, you know, do you have a second to chat maybe? And she kind of sends me, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, we can do that in a little bit, maybe this weekend. Like, okay, cool. And I think I send one more thing back and she doesn't respond. I get on the plane. I'm going to work or something. It's going home to visit family or something. And I get off the plane and I got this voicemail on my phone. That's I, answer, I open it and it's like, hey, Scott, like you should stop fucking calling me. You know, you're a loser. I don't want anything to do and leave me alone. And all this like laughing and partying sounds. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I call back. Obviously go straight to voicemail. And I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. We don't have to date. You know, I thought I liked you, but I didn't realize I was dating a little girl. I thought I was dating a woman. So thanks, but no thanks. Kind of hung up, left in voicemail. Found out that it was her friends playing her. She handed the phone to her friends to leave this voicemail for me. This, oh. like, mean voicemail. Yeah, fucking... Witch, you know, like cold hearted witch. And I was like, I,
0: yeah. I would say another word, but okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the only person who had a problem with my underwear, but clearly she was just a problematic person. So dodged a bullet, you know? So it's like, and that's the thing is like, if you be yourself from the minute, you know, someone and get to know someone, there's not going to be that surprise after you're married with kids. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you embrace who you are, if that's wearing a jock strap or thongs or briefs or speedos or whatever, if you just embrace that now, it's only going to pay off because you're going to meet someone who accepts you for who you are. And this exactly. is going to be a non-issue. And I know that's not a luxury for a lot of men who might be listening because maybe they're already committed into a relationship. Yeah. I'm engaged. I'm going to get married soon. Me and my partner, this is not a, we don't talk about this. This is just who I am. It's just underwear, whatever. She likes my butt. She thinks my butt looks great in them. Mm. And we move on from that. She goes to the beach with me. I wear thongs. She wears a thong. We're happy. You know, I'm so grateful that she's so comfortable with herself to be comfortable enough with me. And that's usually what it comes down to is like, if you're uncomfortable with your partner wearing thongs, it's usually because there's something uncomfortable with them. You know, Mm. they're (laughs) uncomfortable with themselves they're trying to uphold some image of the perfect family or the perfect couple. And they're like, no, you can't wear a thong because it's going to make me look bad. It's like, no, that's not, you know, that, that's, oh. that's what I would guess is going on with maybe some of these relationships. I'm not sure, but, um, I'm getting married to the person I love and I would do anything for and support. And that's who I hope people get the chance to marry awesome. or are married to
0: to. I thought have- about that. To let your partner develop over time as well people change True. and i mm-hmm. think so many people want the person they first met that they think anytime they change something it's for them a strike against them and not against the person growing it's like oh no because of my relationship my last one which I treasure deeply, even though it ended relatively quick, but I learned so much. It was like a crash course Mm -hmm. in relationships that I discovered about me is I don't like the kind of person who likes to be every day right there with me. Oh, let's work together. Get away from me. Go away. Mm -hmm. I need separate time. I need away time. I don't need, and just because I'm away from you doesn't mean I don't love you. It's just that I will kill you if I have to spend every week (laughs) with you because you'll get on my nerves. And it'll end quicker than anything. So you have to let people be who they are and accept them for who they are. Because when I have friends who dated, and the perfect example this was a friend of mine who dated someone who had no ambition. And this, as the relationship went on, became an issue. And I asked him straight up, I said, did they have ambition when you met them? Or were they this way all along? He goes, no, they've always mm-hmm. been this way. I was like, well, why did you think it was going to change? Yeah. I mean, you knew going in, this was the way it is. And you knew they had no desire to do what you wanted them to do. But now you're mad at them for not doing it. Right. So you can't do that.
1: Yeah. And uh, everyone is not perfect. And there's always an opportunity to change. And there's always an opportunity that it may never change. True. And all, I think all of those three things are true in a relationship, you got to choose someone every day. It's not we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Great. Like we've arrived. Yeah. No, you, you gotta, you gotta choose someone every day. It's gotta be a choice. The minute you stop choosing that person every day is the minute you should consider doing something else with your life.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah,
1: I love this topic cause it's, it's, a,
0: it's huge
1: with, it's with underwear.
2: It's a good and topic. And swimwear.
1: I think, because how many choices? How many choices do women have? Tons. You know, the, tons of choices. But to be fair to women, they are expected to show skin. Yes. Whereas men are not. And if we're really going to make this apples to apples, you know, women should be able to wear uh, a one piece down to their knees. You know, mm-hmm. and that should be okay. And that's fine. Like, I, I think they should. If that's what they're comfortable in, they should be able to wear that. Exactly. Um, if they want to wear like the nineteen forty swimsuits, thirty swimsuits that covers everything, yeah. Like wear wear a wetsuit to the beach if that's what you want. You know, like right. I but. don't think women should have the same pressure to show as much skin as a bikini is. They should be able to wear whatever they want and that's comfortable exactly. too. But you know what? I haven't run into a lot of women who would prefer to wear a wetsuit to the beach. So, <laughs> cause True. you know, but, um, that's why I feel so strongly about this because I think if men were given the latitude to wear bikinis and speedos and fun stuff, sh- short shorts and square shorts and brief shorts, I really think most would choose to do that overboard shorts, to be honest.
0: And they kind of are right now because when we're shorter, it is the yeah, five-inch or trending less. that way. And hallelujah. And I think one we way we'll know we finally have gotten to a place of equal parity is if we have a men's version of Victoria's Secret out there. So it's <laughs> all men's. Because we don't have anywhere. Because I was talking to someone about men's underwear stores, and I'm like, you know, they're sporadic across the country. They're usually in cities with the predominantly gay clientele Mm -hmm. or populations with the exception Mm -hmm. of New York City, which I have yet to understand why they don't have an underwear store, but they don't. (laughs) But you have like Dallas, Atlanta, Seattle, Los Angeles, Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, all these Chicago that have either one or multiples, and you go to other cities and it's like mm, there used to be one one in Des Moines, Iowa that closed because you know, Andy can speak to Des Moines, Iowa. I've only been once, but he can speak to Des Moines, Iowa and it's conservativeness. So yeah, we gotta <laughs> change some opinions and I go down the underwear aisle at all the big retailers and see what they're selling. Uh they're currently all boxer briefs, which suck. But, you know, hopefully it's changing. We and know let's a lot. See. Of- We know a lot of men out there who are changing and going, I'm not wearing this insert boxers, boxer briefs, whatever.
1: Now, obviously we love underwear and swimwear, but um, this, this topic is so vast. you know, maybe. Exactly. If by chance someone's listening to this, who's like, yeah, I'm not really into men's underwear and swimwear. I'd be shocked. But let's say that person is listening right now. Like, We can apply this to anything, Yep. you know, anything that men maybe don't have the same opportunities to do so and be celebrated as women do. This is an opportunity for you to like do that. And I guess that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to change this problem because it's not just underwear and swimwear, but if people start challenging what is it isn't okay for men to do, Mm -hmm. it's going to let people be accustomed. To men wearing nail polish or we're letting or, men be a stay-at-home dad or
0: or one maybe, seen recently is knitting
1: yeah, yeah knitting there you go or maybe a, what's really special about this and this is what i like to embrace is that i kind of see myself as an ambassador to the boring straight man because i was a boring straight man but I did pretty well. I, mean, I guess I'm usually humble, but I won't be humble in this for a moment. Oh, I've done pretty little. well. <laughs> I've done pretty well in playing the, the, straight, the straight man game. You know, I played college sports. I was, I've been a veteran in the U.S. In the US Army. I I've, I've boxed for a year. I got the shit kicked out of me, and I kicked the shit out of other people. I was a lineman in high school football. Like, I lift a lot of weights. I uh, got a great girl in my life. I love fast cars. I used to do racing. Um, what other hobbies have I gotten into? I've ran a marathon. I'm recently into cross-country skiing because it's super fun. Oh, and nice. something new in my book. Um, and super hard. But I also, super hard, but it's so fun. <laughs> I love it. I could talk to you for a little bit on Nordic skiing. But I, but I also have done ballroom dancing. Love that. I have been a country DJ. I loved country music. Country music is probably my favorite genre, even though people would be like, you like country music and thong underwear? That's bizarre. I guess it is if you're living by the narratives of who likes country music and who likes thong underwear. I'm saying, who cares? Like Mm -hmm. what you like. There's no rules to who can listen to country music or who can wear thongs. Just go do the things you want to do. I'm a plant-based person. I have, I love country music, but I don't eat steak anymore. I've been vegan for over five years because it makes me happy and I feel so much better. And that's a whole nother conversation about men and food. It's like, oh, men can't be vegan because they're, they're supposed to be strong. How are they gonna be strong unless they eat baby cows and drink uh, milk from baby, steal milk from baby cows. It's like. You know, those, all those narratives about what it means to be a man is not only just with what you wear, it's what you eat, it's what you do, it's what you believe in, it's what music you listen to, it's what car you drive, it's what clothes you wear, it's what color you put over your baby's crib. It's, it's crazy if you think about it. Yeah. There's a, it dictates and, so much in your life. And, and it doesn't have to.
0: Speaking of that, ironically, pink used to be the color for a boy.
1: Right. Um, exactly. It changes. It changes. My turn. High heels were for men. Yep. So, Types so were for men. Back in Thongs for, were for men.
0: It's amazing how things change. And razors
1: can- were sold to women during World War 1 because all the men left to go fight the war. And so Gillette Razor is like, well shit, let's start selling razors to women. Let's tell women they need to shave their hair. You know? Man. Let's double our consumer base. And I guess that's a sorry to interrupt him. I'm on a roll, but um <laughs> a lot of these gender norms and stuff is very, very profitable. And that's uh, yeah. something that I've realized, is that you watch the old Carl's Juniors you know, Carl Junior's commercial with Paris Hilton riding the oh, bull with yeah. uh with the, the big Whopper and milkshake, it's like, don't you want to be a man? Eat this double size, you know, double Whopper with bacon, the man-size. Or I remember Twin Peaks, the bar, when you had two orders of beer, you had a 12-ounce beer or a man-size beer. You know, like these testosterone companies you see on late-night television. Oh, buy this to be a testosterone, swear, to be a man. <laughs> or the low T commercials or whatnot.
0: I'm like, um, first you need to go to the doctor and get right. diagnosed and not just be, Oh, exactly. I have this because you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the reason I'm like, going to
1: sell you. Yeah. This I'm really- going to sell you this truck. You know, every, you know, it's more profitable, I guess is my statement, my assertion. It is more profitable to have gender norms for men Because all you have to do is sell a product and say, you're going to be more manly if you buy my product. If we get rid of what it means to be a man, we've undercut a lot of marketing, a lot of consumer studies on how to sell shit to people.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm in marketing. Because,
1: yeah. So what being a man is or a woman is, is very much a part of our capitalistic culture on selling things to people so they can be more manly. And of course you'll never arrive. You'll never be so manly and say, Well, I I'm good. I don't need that brand new F three fifty. You know, like that's never gonna happen in in this world. You, but
0: the electric yeah. version next.
1: Yeah, now well you need to get the you need to get the turbo diesel. You didn't need to get four wheel drive. What are you gonna do if you need to go to the top of the mountain to pull your horses out of mud? You're gonna need that four wheel drive, Matt Three,
0: 350 Silverado. Guarantee you 75% of them people have never taken it off the road. Exactly. It's like, what do you do exactly. when you go mudding? And I'm like, A, who said I was going mudding? Because A, I don't know where to go mudding. And B, well...
1: It's a, a $70,000 truck. Why the fuck would I take it mudding? <laughs> you know? like, it's like mm, That's the other
0: thanks. thing, too. No, yeah, thanks. so... But now, this is why I like having you on the show, because A, you're straight which we need more voices that are straight in the underwear world because it's for everyone, not just one particular group, and you're very outspoken and very vocal, and that's why I've always liked you. And two, thank you. you believe in masculinity and how it should be is defined by yourself and not others. You know, you do your own version of masculinity and, well, that's fine, and see, you're just fun to talk to and you come willing to talk, share points of view. I think like one thing you mentioned was you have to sort of push back on people, but you got to have a conversation and not mm-hmm. both sides be like, oh, I'm not, oh, this is the way it is in discussion. No, you've got to right. actually have a conversation with people and figure things out. And I think for the majority of people... Well, everyone listening to this podcast, but majority of people in general are that way, and no one's really set in their ways. And I think they have to see people who are not like themselves before they understand, because you only relate to those who are like you as those who are different. So, and you know, yes, you can't be different because, oh, no, you threaten me. But it's like, you got to get to know people. You can't just be like, oh, you're different. I hate you. So, yeah. I
1: think, I think, I thank you, Tim, for all of that. I think uh, that last part was very important of what you said. It's that uh, acceptance is the first step, I think, in a lot of this. And Mm -hmm. to reach that point of acceptance is understanding. And to reach that point of understanding, you have to have a conversation with someone. And where you're going to gain the most legwork with this topic we're talking about is people who think the complete opposite of you Mm -hmm. and some of the best conversations I've ever had are with people who at first come off as very conservative very set in their ways very against what I'm about but I have a conversation with them about something completely unrelated I don't know about football or baseball or Maybe something that they like. Maybe cars. Like, I love cars. So like, maybe I'll just have a conversation about cars or travel or, or something that is nothing to do with... Because I'm talking to them in a Speedo, for example. Like, I'm on the beach. Mm-hmm. This actually just happened. I was in a uh, Dominican Republic, in Putacana. And I was walking up and down the beach in my uh, Coyote Jock Swim Thong, just living my best life. And I noticed the guy had a NHL... Stanley Cup champion Penguins hat on and I said hey uh, are you a Penguins fan and just just that thing you know they were looking at me you know they were I didn't know what they were thinking of me I'm fairly confident you know I'm if someone's gonna be rude to me I'm not gonna stand for it so this helps but I was like hey are you a Penguins fan he's like oh yeah 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 and I'm like you guys from Pittsburgh they're like yeah we're here on vacation from Pittsburgh and I was like great well my parents are from there like oh okay cool and so we just started talking about hockey and I was just saying, yeah, I I grew up playing hockey my whole life. I played in college and blah, 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 blah. And so we just were talking about everything that a normal person might have on the beach, even though I'm standing right in front of them in a swim thong. (laughs) Nice. But I, I provided a human value to that. I am not this, perverted weirdo guy oh, yeah. who has his butt out and he probably is up to deviant, no good here on the beach, you know? And that's what, that's out of fear, right? Because people mm-hmm. don't understand why would a man wear a thong? Doesn't he know people are going to think he's gay? Like that's, that's what people think. They're like, this person's totally off his rocker. It's like, right. Wow. And so, so, but when I talk to them, like a rational, regular guy about sports of all things, that tears down, that breaks down that story they tell to themselves while they're sitting on the beach. Cause they see one, I'm having a conversation. Two, he likes hockey, I like hockey. Three, we're already we're just talking about life and I've already forgotten that he's wearing something that I'm not used to seeing on a man.
0: Exactly. But
1: I broke down that narrative. And I didn't say, hey, by the way, I love thong speedos, and I think masculinity should be this, and I think men should feel free to wherever they want. Like, no, I didn't say any of that to this person. But I said all of that in the, in the span of 10 minutes when I sat there talking to them about Penguins hockey, oh, if that oh makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's, if I was a listener, that's what I would do is lead by example. And that's what I try to do. Is I, exactly. I try to be, I wear what I want. I don't have to explain it to you, though. Because we have this idea that we're entitled to an explanation for someone being different. Why would you go to a drag show? Why would you paint your nails? Why would you wear a thong? I need to know. Because that doesn't make sense to me. And since it doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to mm-hmm. fear you. I'm going to demonize you, and I'm going to think that you are a pervert and all these things, and all that, which may be true. I'm not saying perverts don't wear thongs. There's perverts everywhere. There's perverts in the Catholic Church. I
0: about to say. <laughs>
1: so, like, there are scary people in this world. I'm not saying that's not true. But it doesn't have to do with what they're wearing on the beach. That's exactly. totally irrational. If I was a person listening to this podcast who – wants to be like me or wants to make a difference, I would do something like that. Be yourself, not only with wearing something or doing the thing you want to do, but don't act like it's such a big deal. Now that was something that I had to learn because when I first started wearing thongs on the beach, it was super scary and I behaved like that. I was like, Oh, I don't know if people are going to see me. Should I go over here away from kids? Oh, should I find an empty corner of the beach so no one sees me? Oh, no, someone saw me. And, you know, like that fear of being judged is very hard to undo. But in a lot of ways, it brings, it, it brings on more judgment because people see yes. the weakness and it's, they see the weakness and the uncomfortableness in you. And they, 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 they're uncomfortable with you. You know, like, why is this guy wearing a thong? He looks awkward. He is awkward. Why is he Ooh, like, you know, people can sense that unease. And it doesn't make that situation get any better. So I would say be yourself, but also truly be yourself as much as you can, even though the elephant in the room is like, dude, this guy's in a Speedo. Or dude, this guy's wearing tights. Dude, this guy's wearing a thong. If you can just be yourself in the moment, that first 10 to 15 seconds is for most people going to disarm these negative thoughts about who you are. As long as you're respectful, you're nice, you're personable, you're yourself. Maybe you're with some friends who support you, your girlfriend or boyfriend mm-hmm. or whatever. That always helps being in a group. If the group likes you, you clearly are not that much of a threat, you know? So maybe you can get some friends to go to the beach or go to a pool or whatever and they accept you for wearing a thong. Wow, that really that really decrepifies you. If I can make up a word. (laughs) So, but we're not always that, we don't have that luxury. I've worn a Speedo or a thong by myself at the pool plenty of times, and it hasn't always gone as well. I've had people try to kick me out of their pools at an apartment that I lived in. I've been asked to change at a gym because I was wearing tights. Um, Oh, yes. That's a whole other discussion.
0: Oh, yeah. We uh, have many listeners who've been in that one with the tights.
1: It's a tight thing. It's just out of control. So uh, I I stood my ground on every time that happened and it was only once that I was overruled, but it didn't matter because I was only visiting in town. I wasn't going back to the Uh gym. So I was like, fine, screw you. I don't live here. Have a nice day. Fuck you. You know, so, but the other places I did stand my ground and I made a very rational, respectful argument and said like, look, like, I'm wearing athletic clothes. I'm not wearing jeans. I'm not wearing open toed shoes. What rule did I break here? You know, I just did point blank. Ask them, what rule did I break? Because most places don't say tights for women, no tights for men at this establishment. True. They're not going to say that. So I'm like, great. What rule did I break? And that usually you were, goes down the right path.
0: You are you like, my males.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your penis is visible. And that's kind of what the very first person said to me when they told me to change. And I said, okay, all right. Where does it say I can't do that? Because uh, women have a lot of other body parts that are visible. If I look hard enough. Yes. That's really what I'm looking at. They do. Or maybe maybe I'm just here working on myself and I'm minding my own goddamn business like everyone else should be doing. But they can't. They can't do that. So." Nope. Doesn't sound like it's my problem, does it? And generally, if you kind of have a respectful conversation, just be like, look, like, I understand not a lot of men wear tights, and I am. I understand that certain anatomy is probably more visible because of that, but there is a lot of anatomy in the gym because we're doing athletic exercises. There's a lot of sweat, there's grunting, there's weight oh, slamming, yes. there's a lot of less than savory behavior at the gym, but me minding my own business wearing tights that NFL football players wear or that Olympic swimmers wear when they swim, or I don't really think I'm wearing something that's inappropriate for the gym. And that's what I really hang my hat on when I have a discussion. It's like, look, I am wearing athletic equipment. This is an athletic piece of clothing. I am covered. It is not just skin. Yes, you might be able to see more anatomy, but it's still covered. You know? <laughs> so exactly. I'm not pumping the air next to someone as they do an exercise. I, I'm not – my behavior is not in question. It's just my clothing, right? Like I make sure that they know that. It's like it's one thing if I was being creepy to someone and taking pictures of someone or following someone around or staring or being – you know,
0: are twerking, that person at the gym, twerking everything. Yeah. working. Out.
1: Yeah. Or rubbing it in their face somehow. And just like twerking in front of them. Like you're saying like, oh, yeah. Like I agree. That would be an evasive distraction. That's not okay. And inappropriate, but I'm literally over here working out just like everyone else. I just don't wear shorts over my leggings. I nor, think everyone's going to be okay.
0: Nor should you.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly.
0: So On that um, note, we'll wrap it up because we're probably over an hour. Oh, Hard to believe we're in over an hour. Um, Yeah. But we will definitely have you back on soon. Uh, There's a lot more to really delve into in masculinity and everything. And there's a lot of stuff that's on. I don't think I've shared. Did I share my document with you that I made? I don't know. I'll, sh- I'll send you a copy. When we get done, I'll email you one. And it's got different pillars of different things I want to talk and go into more depth. Because when I started the podcast, I thought it would just be fun to talk underwear. And little did I know how to reach people and actually inspire people to do things and mm-hmm. touch them and make it more personal. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is more than just happy, fun underwear talk it's like real yeah which i'm happy i'm ecstatic about that i didn't think it would ever get this wear but i just think it's fun to talk touch on more topics than just fun underwear and communities and masculinity and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there so tell the lovely people where they can find you
1: awesome well um I had to restart an Instagram page because the Instagram police is after me.
0: Um, They're after everyone.
1: Yeah. So um, my page is the pursuit of self love. It has three E's one, two, three, three E's okay. and the pursuit. Um, my old page had two and it's no longer available. So um, whether you're listening to this and you can find me great, awesome, you can always send me a DM, um, especially if there's questions on how I can help you be happy and comfortable in your own skin I, I have all the time in the world for that if it's something else i may not have the time for that but True. Uh,
0: but if they can't find you they can always shoot me an email and i can get yeah. in touch with you if if that account is gone which many have sure. in our previous or you know you, you're like me and dyslexic and can't spell and can't search find people <laughs> yeah. so you know i yeah. can always do that over so awesome and you can find me at UMB tim on everything social in the world so you know go find me good luck on M- mastodon but you know i'm i'm there somewhat <clears throat> so yes thank you for coming on again uh we will have you back on again soon uh i don't Sweet. know when soon will be but we'll come up with the topic and we'll get you back on
1: yeah i would love to be uh I'd love to be back and especially love to talk with someone else too.
0: Well, that's my goal for the next show is to invite someone else. We'll talk offline about who we want to get on and what we want to talk about on the next show and have another person on as well. So awesome. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks everyone. Uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have an amazing week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us at Patreon at patreon.com slash UNB blog. Follow us on social media. You can follow the blog at UNB blog on Twitter and Instagram. Read the blog at unbblog.com. Also follow me if you like art or anything else fun and underwear at UNB Tim on Instagram and also Twitter. Thanks for listening and we'll have more podcasts at you very soon. Bye.